welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host and I, Justin Baker, are excited for today's show as we are going to be going through the top 20 wingers in the National Hockey League. So uh, definitely something we do every year, and I know it's you know we're like five weeks into the season, but that's okay. We're going to keep, keep going with our lists because we love our lists. Uh, but before we jump into that, five topics. We're going to run through some different things going on in the National Hockey League. And then we'll jump into the top 20 wingers. And with that, the first topic is the injuries that have happened to some teams. Some pretty significant long-term injuries, uh, starting with Vladimir Tarasenko, who will miss the next five months with a shoulder injury. You've got Gabriel Landeskog, who's out indefinitely, as is Nicholas Jalmerson. Uh, there's... You know, there's there's other guys who are hurt for shorter periods of times. Got significant players like Tavares, and uh, but with that said, these three guys in particular uh, who have who play pretty large roles on their team. Your thoughts about what these teams are going to do? Life without Tarasenko, life without Landis Cog is a is a tough one for both these teams. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think first off, let's let's touch with uh, Vladdy, St. Louis. He. Um, you know, obviously he's been their go-to guy in terms of scoring, right? And I think now is a perfect time to see what Jaden Schwartz can bring to the table. Uh, this is a guy who, for me, I, I've been a little underwhelmed. I've expected more out of him over the last few seasons. And while he still produced pretty decent numbers, uh, I definitely think this is a time where he can shine, right? He can go in and, and I mean, just a little further more into that, um, St. Louis is blessed with a lot of young talented prospects a lot of ton- young guys a little further on down the lineup like you know guys like robert thomas well sammy or, blaze is up there playing with Jaden schwartz right. and uh and luke uh, luke shen god <laughs> Braden shen and and then of course robert thomas be exciting to see if, yeah. if some of these guys can maybe slot slot up a little bit higher opportunity for the the younger guys and i think too this kind of I don't want to say long term. You you can look at it a little bit further down the road, maybe towards the deadline. But you look at a guy like Alex Peter Angelo, right, who hasn't signed an extension yet, and they've got Falk and you know Perenko they're, locked they're up. They're supposedly very close. Well, they're working on it, right? But we, I mean, until it's signed on paper, I'm not, you know, it's fair. I'm not, you know, saying that he he's there for sure yet. And so, um, you know, if things don't work out, because now you see Roman Yossi, who just signed a big nine something million dollar a year. Oh yeah, there's deal. no way that Petrangelo gets less. Exactly. Than that. And so, does St. Louis are they willing to give him that kind of money? Um, I mean, obviously, I think if you're St. Louis, you want to give him that kind of money. But um, you know, this leaves for an option years? open. Well, that's another him, thing too. Nine They're both plus. thirty, so he's going to be into thirty-eight years old. Basically, until you're almost forty years old, you're going to be making close to ten million bucks, right? If not ten million bucks. I mean, he might be more of a he might be a step below Yossi. Like he might be eight million, but he's definitely getting like a John Carlson. Kind oh, of I think eight he's by eight. He's definitely a, a Yossi. Like that's the the contract right there. I think that's you can look at those two. For. Yeah, but I don't think that's what he'll get. Uh-huh. I, I think you're probably looking maybe more at six. If you can oh, go six, six, nine times six, I think you'd be more willing to do six, six years. Six years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm six like million. six million. Not Stop six million. it. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. And and then on the flip side, when you look at a team like Colorado, right, who's at the top of the division right now, they're looking just they were rolling prior to these two guys going out. And I think, um, you know, luckily for for Colorado fans, bless you by the way, that was a good sneeze. Uh, Colorado, by the way, has been blessed that they went out this season and made made some other acquisitions. You know, Andre Burakovsky, Donskoy, 
Um, even Nazem Kadri, who I, I've seen play on the wing a little bit. So, you know, they have He's options. They're playing with McKinnon right now. Yeah. And Donskoy. Who would have thought last year, now, like, go, yeah, Jonas Donskoy and Nazem Kadri are going to be on McKinnon's wing. Right. <laughs> what? So, luckily, Colorado's got some, some decent pieces they can slot up there, but. Um, I think long term wise, you hope that both these guys get back soon. And I heard Rantanen could be back, you know, in a week or two, and hopefully that's the case. I think they're going to miss their speed. They're going to miss that offensive, you know, presence of those two guys being out. Um, yeah, so I, I think Colorado's put themselves in a good spot, winning a lot of games early, so they can afford maybe to be without these guys for a little bit or lose a game or two. But the rest of the team's been playing great, so I'm not really worried about Colorado as much right now. Yeah, it definitely helps that uh, that Tyson Jost has been scoring a little bit more. His four goals thus far this this year, so that's uh, that's helpful. Where I mean, he's got four goals in eleven, whereas he has twenty eight goals in one hundred and fifty two games total through his career. So, uh, you know, last year he had twelve goals or uh, eleven goals. So he's well on his way to eclipsing a career high for Tyson Jost, which I think everyone when he came into the league, remember he was drafted tenth overall. Man, you were looking for Tyson Jones to be a key top six forward for you, and he really hasn't developed into that. But if you can get him as a nice third line guy who can move up to the second line, can get you twenty goals, I think you're you're not kicking yourself too hard. But uh, yeah, Tyson Jones playing a little bit better, and so is so is JT Comfer. Comfer's uh, looked a marginally better, and he's got six points. He had he had thirty two all of last year, so. Uh, off to a, a decent start. Yeah, together. not too shabby. And and all that helps because Colorado now actually has depth where those two guys are playing on playing more of like a third line role. Whereas, you know, last year those guys they had they were their main next next set of guys after that top line of McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog. So I think you're you're seeing where I mean, right now, of course, they're right back into where they were last year. <laughs> but ideally, with Kadri down the middle, McKinnon down the middle, uh, you get those guys slotted where they should be. But eh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I also wonder if uh, Nichushkin, you know, I, I know he hasn't really done a whole lot thus far this year, uh, but could he? Like, I mean, here's your opportunity right here, right? Like, guys are hurt. You're you're moving up the lineup. Maybe he can get going. I mean, I think we all thought Nichushkin could have been pretty decent when he was in Dallas, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he should have been, and so they got rid of him. They bought him out, right? And so, um, you know, he had he was like Tyson Yost had a lot of high expectations coming into this league, and I think, uh, like you said, opportunity, right? It's it's knocked here. The door's opening. He's got to walk through it right now. It's funny that you got a guy like Andre Burakovsky as well, another guy who everyone thought was going to be better than. Then he was, and you know, here he has an opportunity to to move up the lineup because of the guys that are out. And it, I mean, he's got nine points already this year, so already off to a a, a pretty good start. Uh, he had twenty five points all last year, right? He's is, got nine. So he far. he looks to be a lot better than that third line guy he was in Washington. So hopefully, it continues. Okay, uh, from injuries to. Two teams that have exceeded expectations thus far, the Buffalo Sabres and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Sabres find themselves actually just behind the Buffalo Sabre, or, uh, the Boston Bruins for first in the Atlantic and only a point back Washington for tops in the East. They were tops in the East last, last year, 
uh, around no- that November, halfway through November, and then after winning 10 in a row, and it all fell apart. Is this team any different? You know what? I, I think Buffalo looks a little bit different, right? I think, uh, like we-, we talked about it a little bit, I think, on our last show, and maybe not so much, but Eichel to me seems like the type of guy who can be a heart candidate at this point. He's he's picked this team, put him on his back, and he's been driving. I mean, he's been the driving force for this team right now that they're off to such a great start. And so um, I don't see him letting up. I don't see this team slowing down at all. They're, you know, their head coach has got them playing the right way, doing some of the right things a lot better, and they're getting good goaltending now, uh, which they got you know sporadically last year and. Um, hopefully that continues because again, I if you don't have anything in that, you don't got anything. So, and we'll Carter, see. Carter Hutton's one of those guys that you want to root for. Absolutely, it's like so Absolutely. just so easy to root for. So I, it, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, with Eichel, man, seven, seventeen points, and it's not like in my mind, it's not like he's really doing a whole lot different. It's just Buffalo's actually getting contribution from other guys as well. I mean, yes, oh, that always helps for uh, sure. Of course, you know. He, a guy's coming into it's what his now his fifth season, so right. of, of course you're coming into what is probably largely considered your prime. You're kind of out of those out of those young years. Your body's really starting to to take take shape, and so that that's just naturally going to come. You're going to be a little bit better, but it certainly helps Victor Olafson, the the power play specialist. He's got six power play goals so far. <laughs> no even strength goals, but who cares? Uh, that's definitely a, a reason for their success, but also like a guy like Marcus Johansson coming in nine points, got four goals to start the year. I mean, it, th- that is what is going to set you apart is your depth scoring. I mean, Jack Eichel can score all he wants. Him and Skinner can do great things together, and chances are, I mean, Boston is not just that top line, despite what you know people may have you believe. They have a great defense. They play a great system game. They get contribution from all throughout their lineup. And it just so happens that that top line produces every freaking game. But, you know, a lot of top lines produce every game. A lot of top lines score almost every game. But that doesn't, you, you can't live on one line scoring every once a game. No, look at the Red Wings. Their top line scores every game, but I mean, and, they can't and, win. We're going to get into these wingers. And I really considered Anthony Mantha making this list because of the way he's played so far this year. Look good. He looks really good. good. Uh, we'll find out if he if he made my list or not. Uh, let's go to uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who on the flip side on the Western Conference, they are also leading the Pacific Division. Not not quite the stalwart division that the Atlantic is, but they nonetheless are leading that division. They're eight four and one to start the year. Are they for real? No, no, I I don't think so. I, I mean in. It kind of goes back to what you we talked about with Buffalo, right? How they're getting contributions from guys like you know Marcus Johansson, uh, you know other guys down the lineup. Whereas in Edmonton, it's all Drysaddle, McDavid, and you know you can sprinkle in a little James Neal here and there, but that's all they're getting right now. And if you can't get contribution from your other guys, I mean, I th- I think what it's like seventy something percent of the the, oh, yeah, the team's goals. That's insane. what McDavid and Drysaddle are in on. And if they're not getting anything else from anybody else in the lineup. They can't sustain any kind of success, and you know I'm not too crazy about their goaltending and defense either. So, to me, I think you know what this is another situation where they got to kind of ride out the season, and I mean their best bet would be to fall a little further down the standings. 
Well, when I when I look at Edmonton and and we look at PDO, which if you don't know what PDO is, it's your save percentage plus shooting percentage. Uh, Edmonton actually isn't like on a PDO bender. You know, they're they're not in a spot where they're they're shooting out the lights and have this crazy high shooting percentage, or where they're necessarily getting unbelievable goaltending. Uh, I mean, they in terms of save percentage, they're 18th in the league for uh, for that and. In terms of shooting percentage, they're nineteenth, which puts them nineteenth in in PDO. So it's not like they're they're actually probably right around where they should be in terms of the way they're shooting and getting good and getting goaltending. So something something's happening. They're doing something right. Well, listen, when McDavid and Drysaddle have the puck most of the time, and other teams aren't fast enough to get it back, that helps goaltending. And now maybe maybe what what you have to think is. Is it sustainable? Like right now, early on in the season, sure, it's great. How about in like end of January? Can they keep riding Dreisaitl and McDavid the way that they are? Like essentially, they're they're relying on them for what you say. It's like sixty seven percent. It's of a goal. high percentage for sure. Yeah, it's insane. Do you, do you think Ken Holland's got something on the on the back burner? Though? Not at all. No. No, I think he knows. Like, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, McDavid's going to get impatient here. He's going to give, you know, Holland a couple years or whatever. But I think eventually it's going to come down to, you know, their cap situation. And right now they're just, they're kind of stuck. And so I think they ride this year out as is and and then make the moves in the offseason. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay and San Jose both find themselves outside the playoffs right now. San Jose maybe struggled a little bit more than Tampa Bay. Uh are either one of these teams like is what's happening to them real or is this just kind of a early season, maybe a hangover from last year? Uh, they'll figure it out. Or are you really worried about either one of these teams? I'm a little worried about San Jose, not so much for Tampa because I, I think there's way too much talent in Tampa. When you look up and down that lineup to really worry, I think John Cooper's proven he's a, he's a good coach. Aren't so, you, aren't you like, don't you feel the same way about San Jose in a lot of ways though? I do, but they lost a lot, right? So they, they lost some big guys and not just, you know, goals going out with, with you, you talk about Joe Pop, but, you know, you lost Don't a lot of, yeah, a lot of leadership, a lot of, you know, other pieces too. And I think there's more pressure on younger guys like Timo Meyer now that maybe there wasn't last year. Um, and then San Jose, my biggest concern for San Jose is the goaltending too, right? I mean, I still thought Martin. Martin Jones could could bounce back, and we I even put him in my top twenty goaltender rankings, um, you know, towards the bottom. But still, I I figured, given his track record, he could bounce back. He could still be a guy who can bring them, you know, above average average goaltending. They need to look for a new goaltender. I like think so. If, if they want something to happen this season, I think it's time you gotta like you gotta go. You gotta put Aaron Dell on waivers, and you gotta bring something spend in. Spend a first round pick and bring in Jimmy Howard if that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I don't think, I think you Jimmy can wait. Howard would go to San Jose. Absolutely, he would. I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> no, it's not worse than Detroit. Let's let's be honest. So, yeah, I know, mean, yeah, they'll, they'll have an opportunity to compete. And I think, I think, yeah, guys like Carlson and Brett Burns and Couture who aren't off to good starts right now, they'll they'll eventually find their way back. But the problem is, is you know, they're digging themselves such a big hole right now. Can they dig themselves climb back out? you know, with the talent they have now. And I think with that goaltending, it's going to be hard to climb back out. Yeah, they, they need to find their uh, Jordan Binnington. I right. don't know if he exists in the pipeline of San Jose. Don't think so. San Jose used to have, uh, they used to have Mika Kiprasov as a backup. 
And so I think this is like yeah. payback for them trading him. They like, had a lot of good you goaltenders. Had, you had some good goalies, and you decided to do that. Yeah. It was Nabokov and and Kiprasov, right? Guys and had like, Toskala there too as their third Toskala. stringer. Oh, yeah, Toskala. We went to Toronto. We went to Toronto and just uh, yeah. to bed. Now Tampa Bay. Let me let me say this though. Do you think for a second that they're playing like a little rope a dope where they're just they're slugging they're playing sluggish they're like yeah let's take it easy let's not really go full force like we did last season right so we can finish maybe in third or fourth place and play a wild card team and then I don't know if they're saying well let's try to finish last but I do think you're right when you say and are they coming into the season and going well last season we went balls out right and look what happened so let's let's just we'll let's keep this thing going at 55 55 stay alive there you and go then, and then as the season goes on start to ramp it up and ramp it up and and maybe that's what they're trying to do uh side note they do have the highest pdo in the nhl right now so the tampa bay lightning for all their like hey yeah they're you know they're just they're what like two points out of the playoffs right now it's it's not like it's anything anything insurmountable by by any means they're yeah two points out of the playoffs uh, ironically trailing the Florida Panthers, uh, but they do have the highest PDO. They're getting a 95.31 save percentage, five on five. That's like, pretty that's dang good. Unbelievable. Uh, definitely the highest in the league by more than a percentage. The second highest is the Buffalo right. Sabres. And uh, Shattenkirk looking pretty good too. And in, in terms in Tampa of Tampa shooting Bay. percentage, Tampa Bay eighth highest in the NHL at nine. Uh, 9.44. Vancouver Canucks lead the shooting percent. They're shooting a, over 11% right now. That's shocking. That's going to come back down to earth uh, real soon as Vancouver does have the third highest PDO. So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think obviously the Lightning, you look at them and you go, okay, it's like they're going to figure this out. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. The Lightning aren't going to miss the playoffs. They did have that one weird year where like everybody got hurt and they missed the playoffs. Was that like four or five years ago or something like that? And they were they had gone to the finals or or pretty close to it in the conference finals the year before and everyone got hurt. So, I mean, is it possible for a really talented team to miss? Yes, but they don't have the injuries. There, there's no reason to think that they, they won't turn it around. Um, I'm only, I'm like 25% worried about San Jose. 25. But give me like, if you, if we, we hit like midway through November and this is still happening, I'll bump it up to like, to probably about 40%. I'm wow. pretty worried. Well, what's that old uh, saying? Like, you know, the standings through Thanksgiving, what is it, like usually 80% of the teams that are in yeah. stay yeah. in? Yeah. Um, Alexander Ovechkin passed Luke Robitaille for the most goals by a left winger. And now my favorite trivia question has gone. <laughs> Sorry, Luke Robitaille, you're no longer the answer. Uh, Ovechkin, do you th- Here, here's where I want to go. Do you think that he breaks Wayne Gretzky's record of goals? It's so tough because he's, he's a couple hundred away, right? And at 33... You you got to really keep it going at 30, 40 goals a year for the rest of your career. That's tough. I mean, he could play into like a, into his forties, and then you he could pull a Yager a and keep going. Goal seasons towards the end, and just see how long you can do it. Hey, as long as he can still shoot. I mean, as long as he can still rip the slapper like he does at the the top of the circle. I mean, you don't have to really worry about him speed wise. I, I can actually. It, I think it it all depends on what happens with the Olympics. Because I think that at the end of it, he's got two years left on his deal. And if at the end of his deal, if the NHL is like, now nah, we're not going to go to the Olympics, he'll go and play in Russia so that he can play in the Olympics and then he'll come back to the NHL. And wow. I think that might stop him. I, I really think he's he's going to do, like he's not going to miss another chance to be in the Olympics. 
I agree with that. I think to a certain degree, I, I think he he definitely wants to be in the Olympics. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He's made that very vocal. So do I think he goes to the KHL just so he can play in the Olympics? Uh, I, do. I don't know. Or maybe he just takes a year off. and Maybe that seems more hey, probable. We've seen some NFL guys do it, and it works out for them. So, uh, Okay, coaches on the hot seat. We're going to do this fast. Uh, by Thanksgiving, are these coaches still coaching their current team? We'll start with the obvious one. Is Mike Babcock still Toronto's coach? We do know now that Kyle Dubas over the summer wanted to fire him, and Brendan Shanahan said no. So that's a weird relationship. Hey, I know I tried to fire you. Sorry, everybody knows about it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Is he the coach by Thanksgiving in Toronto? Yes, I still think so. There's there's too much talent on this team for him not to be there. I think this his hot seat is really going to get hot if they're – sitting on a bubble, maybe not a playoff team, or if they screw up in the playoffs. But I mean they've been quote unquote struggling and they're still third in the division. Right. Like they're 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 fine. Uh, they'll they'll figure it out. They've also been without John Tavares, Zach Hyman, Travis Dermott just came back last night and then Jake Muslin goes down. We don't know what's going on with him. Like there's there's some reason to go, okay, there's there's no need to panic. And of course, you know, it's Toronto, so you got to fire somebody all the time. Although maybe he wants to avoid playing, ju- I think it was what, Justin Hall played like 20 minutes last night? Maybe yeah. avoid doing that more well, than often. what are you going to do when you only have five, yeah, I know, have five I know, defensemen? I know. Muslin got hurt in the first period, so that's that's why he That's part so of it, yeah. Uh, Pete DeBoer in San Jose. He's still the coach. It's going to get real hot here soon if uh, if they stay at the bottom there. Because I, they're I can supposed say that. to compete for a cup. Like This is supposed to be... Right. They spent a ton of money on Carlson. They got a ton of money invested in that defense. And they don't have any, like, I mean, they don't have any guys that are coming up through the pipeline that could potentially be, you know, stone cold killers for them that could really take them over the top. And I think they got to work with what they got. And it's that goaltending, basically, that they could go out and make a move for. But other than that, it's all on Peter DeBoer to get this system working and get this team playing right. So come Thanksgiving. If they're still way out of the playoffs come Thanksgiving, I think he's probably fired by Christmas. And 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 they're only if they can bring in somebody that they think is going to be a good fit. You're not just going to fire him just to fire him. I don't think, but no, because I think they want to bring in somebody who they think can revamp this team and make them. But a playoff in reality, team. this team should have missed the like they should have lost in the first round last year. Like it was basically on a technicality in a way, a horrible penalty call uh, that they did advance, and so uh, I'm looking at this team and going. Yeah, I mean, it was nice they made the Stanley Cup Finals in, what, 2016? And they really haven't looked the same since. They've always just, they've been fine, uh, but they, they haven't been dominant like they were then. So uh, Paul Maurice in Winnipeg, is yeah. he on the hot seat? I think it's not as hot as Peter DeBoer, but I think he's his seat's going to be a little toasty. Um, yeah, here's another team that, again, we, we kind of talked about potentially competing for a Stanley Cup. I mean, you had Patrick Line get bumped up to the first line. He's looking pretty good. But, uh, you know, now outside of that top line, really you're not getting a lot of production. Your defense is pretty much decimated. Yeah, but the defense isn't his fault. No, it's, it's it absolutely no one's is fault not. that Dustin Bufflin decides to, like, pull a Ricky Williams. That's what I thought of. I don't know why anybody didn't talk Ricky about that. Williams there, yeah. Remember Ricky Williams? Remember I do for Miami like, Dolphins, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to take the year off. I think I'm going to retire now. I was like, what? No, you're the best running back in the league. <laughs> right. It totally, it totally screwed them over. They haven't been the since the same since, but yeah. uh, but he's got to make it work though. He's got to ma- find a way to make it work. I agree. And get this but team to compete. How are you going to make it work when you have nothing? Like, you I mean you can't? I he there's no way he gets fired. He won't get fired this year at all. He's fine because this isn't his fault. 
in any way, shape, or form. Well, I'm not saying he's fired, but I, I think his seat's going to get a little warm if they don't make the playoffs, or if they're not if they don't make sitting the playoffs, in a position to be yeah, in the playoffs. There'll definitely be some reavail for sure. Um, I just think I think the players like him a lot. Um, John Hines in New Jersey, they're sitting last place, uh, just just above the L.A. Kings. So does he go? Is this fast? Like, could this? Could he be fired in like the next three weeks? It's possible. And I think they're going to probably go to Taylor Hall because you want to find any reason to make Taylor Hall happy and be like, dude, you got to stay. So they're going to go to him and be like, hey, if we get rid of, you know, John Hines here and we bring in a new coach, will that make you happy? What, what are your thoughts on this Bay guy? next too. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's not, not going to get yeah. easier. It's not going to get easier. Only two wins. I mean, they, they got to they gotta find reasons to to make Taylor Hall feel like this team's going in the right direction. And right now, all the pieces they brought in the offseason, P.K. Subban, Wayne Simmons, all these guys. They've only scored 22 goals. Not good. 22 <laughs> goals. In, now, granted, they've only played nine games, so they have played fewer games. So, you know, it doesn't matter. They, they put together, I mean, the Wings have played four more games than New Jersey. So, all right, let's say they win all four of those games. Suddenly, they're they're actually a close to a playoff team so i'll say though that if they're not winning all four games no, though so no. bye yeah i think it's probably time for new jersey to move on from john Hines. he had that one nice little run where he took everybody by surprise with his new system and it just hasn't worked with the with a more talented team right and it i worked with the lesser talented team that just needed to work hard and skate fast and no one else was uh, there was many teams that weren't prepared for speed Everyone has seemed to adjust pretty well to, sure. to some speed. Yeah, and if you do it quick and you do it sooner rather than later, you give this team an opportunity to rebound, get back in an opportunity for the playoffs. Because if not, then you got to you got to deal Taylor Hall at that point and say bye, because he won't stay. Yeah, that that'll be a question for our next show. Is will Taylor Hall be moving on? So all right, we'll, we'll put that on there. Okay, well let's go to our top twenty wingers since we uh, you know we talked for twenty five minutes about. What's going on in the league? Dude, love it. Now it's time for the winger. So let's start at uh, with your just missed. Just missed. Okay. Just missed. Uh, a few younger players. Uh, I got three. Same. I got William Nylander, Brock Besser, and Konechny. Okay. Even yeah. though Konechny has played a little center, I still think he is okay. a, a winger. Here's, is Claude Giroux a winger or a center? Because he has taken the most face-offs. He's actually playing center right now. No, right now I he's a center. Claude I don't Giroux. know what list to put him on. Claude Giroux is a center right now. He's not on my center list, but he would be. I he think wouldn't he have would made be. my center list, no. But he would make my winger list. Dude, he was like 11th on NHL.com's best wingers. I know. I mean, I mean, he's definitely a top. I mean, the guy had 90-something 90, 90 points, 85 last year and 90-something the year before. Like, he's obviously a top He's been playing winger. center, though, he's this year. He's a top 20 guy, but he's been playing center, so I don't know where to put him. So with that, I'm going to say that in my top three rovers, he's the best rover. Okay, rover. Good. He's the best rover. Next best Let's is make Brent a top Burns five. Brent Burns Brent plays Burns. forward. <laughs> and, and then Brendan uh, Smith. And Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brock Besser also missed my list. He was actually, I was as I was making the list, uh, he fell to 21. Okay. Like I was, I had everybody and I added someone in. So he's at, he's at 21. I had... Shvetsnikov, Anthony Mantha, just missed my list. Okay. I, yeah. Like, if I see a 40-goal season out of him this year, like 35, and, you know, he's 
then he, he has a shot to make this list. I mean, yeah. I think given the opportunity and the guys that he gets to play with, I think he's got a shot at next year being on this list. Also, Brady Kachuk. Okay, yeah. I want. I love Brady Kachuk, too, by the way. That's a, that's a really good adjustment. I, I think all those guys will eventually be on this list. I mean, I, there's some older guys on, on this list, and uh, so eventually, you know, guys will fall off and... Younger sure. Guys will like my number on. 20 might fall off here soon, but okay, let's you know. hear your number 20. Yeah. My number 20 TJ Oshi. Oh, all right. TJ yeah. Oshi did not make my list and nor did he like he, uh, he didn't I, even, I just love everything that this guy does. He plays the game very physical and he I scores think scores a lot in, in shootouts in the Olympics. He, he does. He does. Uh, he it's always like consistently figured out who he was. It was because of that. it really is. Yeah. Like who cares if he was in St. Louis and made some girl cry when he got traded, but um, which I don't know if you saw that video it was fantastic, but um, yeah, he just, you know, his physicality gets overshadowed by Tom Wilson being in Washington. And I think he just, for a second line guy consistently produces, you know, 50, 60 points every year. And he just plays so well on both sides of the puck to me. I just, I love his game. And so to me, he comes in at number 20. Okay. I've got uh, 24 or five guys on my list that I would rather have than, okay. than TJ. Wow. But get out of here. Um, and, and the first one, number 20 on my list is a guy not, not dissimilar from TJ Oshie in terms of a guy who can kind of do it all uh, is Brandon Gallagher. Okay. Led the league in uh, in even strength goals per sixty something like that. Uh, he is he just does everything for Montreal. He's he kind of isn't a guy that you look at and go, "Yep, he's probably really good." Like when you just see him with the puck, he's not he doesn't have the greatest hands, but he goes where he's supposed to. He does the things he's supposed to do, and he can score a goal. And I think for for the most like he is he is the Montreal Canadiens. Like why he hasn't gotten the captaincy yet, beyond me. Well, Shea Weber's wearing it, but... Yeah, I don't want Shea Weber to have it. <laughs> Stupid. Give to Brendan Gallagher. Uh, okay, right, 19. Yeah, 19, uh, Patrick Laine for me. And I know you're probably going to hate that he's a little lower, because I've looked at a few other lists, and he's a lot higher on people's lists. But for me, his, his inability to be consistent behind. last year was a big just knock on him for me. And I think... You know, him bumping up to the first line and getting more opportunity to play with more talented guy only screams that, crap, he can't do it on his own. He needs other guys feeding the puck because I think he had like 10 assists last year. Like he doesn't dish the puck. He's got to have guys throwing it to him for him to score. And I think maybe, you know, he hasn't scored a ton this year. He's actually been throwing some assists around, which has been great to see. So I think if he can consistently perform, you know, the way he is now, maybe he will eventually, you know, go a little bit higher on my list. But for right now, I want to see more consistency from him. Do you know how many assists that Rick Nash had when he led the league in scoring? Oh my gosh, he probably had five. No, he had twenty-seven. That's but okay. Twenty-seven is not that many. A lot of them are off of rebounds. I, I just, I mean, well, there was nobody else to to dish the puck to in Columbus. True. Uh, I will say that Line A did play down the lineup quite a bit. He played with Brian Little, so there's a good reason why he didn't have any assists because Brian Little can't shoot. But he was playing with Nicholas Ehlers. Some, Ehlers yeah, is pretty of the, decent. Some so. of the season. Yeah. Not the whole, not not the whole season, but yeah. But, yeah. Let's okay. go on. All right. Well, he, he does appear higher on my list. Not not crazy higher, but uh, he's a little bit higher. I have Jonathan Huberdeau at 19. Okay. Uh, who I think is probably, inter- like when I look at this list, he's probably the most underrated left winger. 92 points last year? List. Unbelievable. I mean, 
he he probably should be higher on here. It's probably my own bias keeping him lower. He's a little higher on my list, so. uh, but I have him at nineteen. Okay, don't hate it. Uh, eighteen for me, Gabriel Landeskog. Okay, he you know he missed my list. Did he? Uh, because I I like I like him. Yeah. I, I also was like, eh, he's hurt right now. <laughs> well, he's not hurt. a big point producer either. So no. I mean, he I think last year career highs, and he he only had seventy five points. But the intangibles he brings, which sure, is sure. what I love about him, a little bit more. Um, so you're number 18. Uh, my number 18 is Cam Atkinson. Guy that did not make my list, but he can score some freaking goals. And- you know, here's here's the reason why he, he made my list. And, and this is the way that I did. I, I, I threw together a list. I threw players on here. You know, I tried to do it off the top of my head. And then I went team by team. And I'm looking through through these different, every team and, and looking at kind of their, their top six and uh, that's that's allowing me to kind of consider make sure I make sure I have everybody, and and when you you think about what he's been able to do like very quietly what Cam Atkinson has done I know he, he only has three goals so far this year uh, not off to the the hottest of starts uh, <laughs> but I mean he's been very consistent since 15 16 27 then 35 24 and 41 goals last year. I mean, it's tough to keep a guy off a list of top 20 when he is in the top 20 goal scorers of the whole NHL. Well, yeah, I'll give you that. He is a 30-goal scorer. And, he's actually uh, a 40-goal scorer. Well, he's going to be a 30-goal scorer this year. So, well, this Yeah, this year. I, I mean, I, I'll say this year it's it's a little a little harder to hold anything against him. He's not exactly playing with the same level of talent. So. Well, yeah, no... Panarin, no which, bread which man. Is, I mean, in, on the one hand, it's easy to say, oh, well, see, he's not as good because he, like, obviously he did better when he played with Panarin. But you know what? David Pasternak is pretty freaking good, and it's because he plays with other good players. And so is Kucherov. Kucherov doesn't have to play with, like, the only guys who play with bad players are, like, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> he's the only guy who ever played with horrible players. Like, he played with Chris freaking Kunitz. He made Kunitz a millionaire. That's, That's true. Real life. He really did. <laughs> Just like John Tavares made Anders Lee a millionaire. Well and, said. And Kyle Ocposo, definitely he made Oh, him. definitely Kyle. He made him a multimillionaire because he went to Buffalo and... Sucked he, it. It wasn't hard. quite as bad as Billy Lano, but... <laughs> <laughs> that four times four or whatever he got, Billy Lano, my God. He played like 20 games before he got that Because he had contract. 20 points in the playoffs for I know. Philadelphia that year. And that, that was... There was this string of guys where it was like... Uh, who was it? Who was it for Chicago that had really great playoff and then eventually got traded to Carolina and they bought him out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and same with Dave Bolin. Dave Bolin had a good playoff and and signed a big deal in Toronto and he crapped the bed. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of times where guys have good playoffs and I think finally GMs are going. That's great, nice, nice of you to have a nice 15 game stretch, but we're not going to pay you for it. And good on them. Yeah, you should. Uh, okay, so who is your... 17? 17. 17 is Phil Kessel. Hey, me too. Dude, all right. What do you know? Philly Kessel. Philly cheesesteak Kessel. <laughs> Philly hot dog Kessel. Hot dog Kessel. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, he actually, he was higher, and then I kept going, no, I'd rather have, no, I'd rather have this guy, I'd rather have that guy. And then he, he fell to 17, because I finally said, I'd rather have Phil Kessel over Cam Atkinson. Uh, I mean, Phil Kessel scores goals. There's no doubt about it. Just not in, just not in Arizona. <laughs> Can't do it in Arizona. No one, no one can score goals in Arizona. It's no one's fault. You just, it just doesn't happen. So, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Phil Kessel has just been a model of consistency, though. I, I, other than this year, where he's got two goals through eleven games, but but you know that at some point he's going to score. He's going to rip off ten and ten, right? And and he'll get right back to to where he should be. So back to the uh, Phil Kessel ways. I mean, you you just look like thirty seven to twenty in, in only forty eight games in the lockout. Thirty seven, twenty five, twenty six, twenty three, thirty four, twenty seven. Like the guy just scores. Almost always has seventy plus points. Uh, hopefully, he can figure it out in in Arizona because I'd say that if he doesn't, then I think we look at this and we go, okay, obviously Phil Kessel, like he can't do it without other players anymore. Maybe at one point he could, and now no, he no longer can unless Arizona goes and trades for Tyler Bozak. Then they might be in good shape. All right, or maybe they trade Phil Kessel to St. Louis to make up for Tarasenko being stop. Out. You imagine uh, my sixteen is Blake Wheeler, who okay. moved way down where I probably would have put him at the beginning of the year. My number fifteen, but he's really struggled out of the gate, and that is making me very nervous about him. And so that's what dropped him. Like I think he was he was seven and eight on a couple lists that I looked at, and I mean thus far seven points. Don't love the the plus minus because the goaltending and the defense have been so strange, but he's a minus nine. So it's, uh, it's it's hard to ignore. It's not like he's been out there for a whole lot of goals for so, and uh, no power play points at all for Blake Wheeler. That that worries me as well. Uh, can this team kind of figure out that power play? Uh, they only have seven power play goals through the first thirteen games. Uh, that's probably not going to cut it. Yeah, he would have probably been a few spots higher, but given his production right now, it bumped him down a little bit. And I think you look at him, and he's been a consistent 80, 90-point guy over the last few seasons. So, um, you know, right now he doesn't look the same, and it's it's kind of showing in the standings, you know, I what's mean, going he had on. two 91-point seasons in a row. Boom. But he's he's still not he's not a big goal scorer. Like no, never has been. 20 no. goals, 23. His highest is 28. But he always almost always has every single season except for 14 15 since uh since 13 14 he's had over 40 assists if i mean last year he had 71 assists i i I think you're probably running into trouble with that when you don't have the same kind of guys around and i've seen a lot of injuries they aren't getting the same kind of puck moving up from the defensive end and that's that's their been their biggest issue is you know how are they? How are they able to cycle and, and transition the puck into the offensive zone? Well, they're not. Right, they're just not. Well, all right, yeah. So Wheeler for me is fifteen, and at sixteen I have Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, okay, so you just have him a little bit higher. Yeah, I, I really like like you said, he's so underrated. I love what he brings to the table, but I mean, one ninety plus point season, and I haven't seen you know a lot of big point production prior to that. Right, right. so. That's why maybe he doesn't go a little bit higher on my list. Where I've seen him higher on some other people's list too, but um, he's off to a, a very, very good start I mean, right now. I mean, in fantasy, maybe he may be higher. Oh yeah, uh, like well, as we was a fantasy list. Uh, I think I right. Actually, at my fifteen, I have Patrick Line. So okay, we basically flipped Huberto and Line. There you go. And uh, there's our fifteen. So I I have Line higher because I think his potential for scoring goals is is exponential in comparison to some of the guys lower. Sure. I, I think that, I mean, the fact that he's playing on a third line, he had a horrible season and still managed to to produce a little bit. I mean, if this guy's put in the right situation, he's going to score 50. Like it's just I hope happen. so. 
I, I think if we can just put last year out of our brain, the way that he's taken the the chance, you know, he he went and he said, I want to play more. Like, I want to be in the first line. And we had talked about it like, well, that's pretty bold. Like, why don't you go prove it? Well, you know, I think the Jets handled it very well. And one of the reasons why I think that Paul Maurice is showing, like he's he's the coach of this team and he, he will be for a while, is that he said, okay, we will put you on the first line, but you need to prove that you belong there. So make the most of it. And he certainly has. He definitely has. I'll I mean, give it's you that. not his fault that the rest of his team is <laughs> is in shambles in some way. <laughs> uh, but line A, the same amount of assists last year he already has this year. He's got 10. Very nice. So, only, only three, three goals. goals yeah. Yeah, but but 10, 10 assists, so he's he's definitely playing differently. And and you know, that may be an overcompensation. You never you know, if a guy's trying to play his way into a into that top top role, he may be trying to get himself there, keep himself there, and so he's not shooting the same the same way. Uh, when you look at his shots, I mean he's he's actually fourth on the team in shots. So Kyle Connor leads the team in, in shots. So maybe it's, it's to me, just looking at the numbers, he's not taking as many shots as he may normally have be taking. That will probably change as he becomes more comfortable playing with some of these guys and playing higher up in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. And playing up against better, better talent as well. Uh, okay, so my 14 is Matthew Kachuk. So is mine. All right. Yeah. Yeah, probably the. Uh, I think he's the youngest player on this list, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure that he is, because he's what he's 21 years old. He's and a youngin. He's uh, he is the youngest player that made my list, and he made it at 14. How old is and, Patrick Liney? 21, two or 22? Yeah, I think they're about the same age. I think yeah. Liney's 22. Uh, Matthew Kachuk was he taking the same year as as those two, Matthews and Liney? I'm gonna find out so right now. Look it up. Uh, yeah, I mean Matthew Kachuk. The, the thing I love about him is that he's definitely more than just a goal scorer. He's more than just a, just a power forward. Like, this guy truly can do it all. He, I mean, Giordano retires. Matthew he's the next Chuck captain. is the next captain Absolutely. of the Calgary Flames. And uh, so that's, yeah. He embodies everything that you want in a Calgary Flame, right? He's still, he's a little rough around the edges. He still plays with, with that tenacity, that grit that you want. And uh, he can produce still, too. I mean, he's, he goes hard to the net, and he still puts the puck in the back of the net. I think last year, what, he had uh, 77 points, 34 goals, and I, I I think that's probably where he's at now. I think he's an 80-point guy. And uh, Yeah, right now he's sitting with 10, po- uh, yeah, 10 points through through the first 14 games, so he's he definitely rolling right along. Uh, and, you know, his his best friend, Drew Doughty, has a, has a lot of really good things to say about him, too, so you got to. That. <laughs> that hip check though uh <laughs> those two that's like the best and after when drew dowdy you know they were going at it and then they won the the game the last time they put against each other and drew dowdy said yeah it's about the team and he tried to deflect and kachuk was just i'm looking forward to playing them again <laughs> right <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't letting it go uh and to answer the question too uh liney went to matthew kachuk went six okay. same draft right. 2016 yep, same draft yeah, yeah. Uh, so who is your number 13? Uh, number one, three for me is Johnny Goudreau, a teammate of his. Okay. All right. Johnny Goudreau is actually significantly higher for me. Okay. I mean, Hey, that good on you. Um, Goudreau, you know what? There's something about his defensive side to his game that worries me a little bit. Um, 
You know, he's quick. He puts the puck in the back of the net. I love... 99 points. I know, but that's coming back down to earth, though, I think, this year. I think he's more or less... He's he's a good 80-point guy, and uh, the only reason... That's, a, that's, that's fine. Yeah, you, you can't hate that. Consistently in the, in the 80s. Yeah. But I, I think right now the, the team is struggling. Um, they're they're playing all right, but they're, they're, they should be towards the top of this division, right? They should be up I, there with Vegas and... Uh, you know they're sitting a few wins behind. It's it's pretty but, early, and also when you look at it, four one and one at home, and two five and one away. Right. So uh, it's clear that there's you know maybe maybe some issues on the road, but uh, if you keep going four one and one at home, you're gonna figure it out. Right. Obviously, oh, they're a good team. But I just uh, for in, me when in I look early at, on in the season, those home games I think are maybe more important than they are later. Like I won't disagree with you at home or something. Yeah, I don't know. You have to lock it up early. But I mean, for me, you look at everybody's home record right now, and it's at, like almost every team's above five hundred at home. That's good. Yeah, awesome. Good for them. Uh, but I mean, with Goudreau though, I, I mean, points aside, when I looked at the rest of the guys ahead of him on this list, I just, I honestly just looked at it and said, okay, for one season, I would probably rather have this guy. And I think most of the guys ahead of him on this list just play a two-way game a lot better than he does. Um, not to say that he's bad at it by any stretch of the imagination, but I just would rather have those guys, okay. I guess. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, all right, well, I have Jeff Skinner at 13. Okay, I don't even have him on my list. Wow, okay. Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you why really fast, too, because he had, he had his one breakout season last year where he got signed to that contract, but, you know, looking prior to that, he didn't really have any explosive seasons, so I'm just a little hesitant to, to give him a nod quite yet. Um because he did it with Eichel last year, right? And then, you know, he scored thirty-seven goals two years yeah, ago. Yeah, big whoop. Thirty-seven you know, he, goals, he did, big whoop. <laughs> he did forty once. That's it. I want to see him do it again. And this year, he's playing a lot without Eichel on his well, center he's either. Got so. Seven goals. Yeah. So he's on pace for forty. Good. I hope he does it, and then he'll be in my top twenty next okay. year. Yeah. Uh, preemptive strike. He's in my top twenty. He also was on a bad Carolina team for a long time. He was. I will give you and that. And then he goes to a good team, plays with a good player, and what do you know? He ends up with forty goals. He's got sixty three points. And uh, to to me, he's. I I think he brought a lot of stability to the Sabers. Like I think you know, on the one hand, you go, oh well, see, he got to go play with Eichel, so that's why his career took off. Maybe some of the reason why Buffalo is a lot better is because of Jeff Skinner. Of course, it's also because of Eichel. It's also because of Darlene. But Jeff Skinner has provided a lot of stability up there. Like He's he's a very consistent player. You know what you're going to get with Jeff Skinner. He had some injury problems early, early on in his career. But, uh, I mean, since then, he's been he's been rock solid. Like, he doesn't... He's not missing a lot of games. He's played at least 77 games every year since 14-15. And most of those, three of those years, he played 82. So, I mean, it's just those couple years where he he uh, he missed, you know, 10-plus games a couple times. Yeah, I will say this. When you're comparables-wise, when you're going from having Kyle Ocposo on your wing and you get Jeff Skinner, that helps. Sure. And that definitely brings a lot of confidence for other guys. Now you don't have to rely on Eichel as much anymore to say, hey, you have to produce because no one else is going to do and it. And the game has changed in his advantage. To it has, for sure. Uh, who's your number 13? Number 13 for me is, I already did Johnny Goudreau, but number 12. Oh, sorry. Um, that's what I meant. That's yeah, well. I knew that's what you I meant. I was looking at a 1-2, and I said 13. <laughs> I have Vladdy Tarasenko so at number 12. I, actually. Wow. We did not look at each other's he, list, but we've got a lot been, of... He might have been higher if he wasn't going to be out for the next five months. Honestly, that play, I was like, well, uh, now he's hurt, 
And so that played zero percentage into my decision to put him at 12. It did play. It played a small factor. But you look at his his production. He's been consistently putting up 30 plus goals for the last five seasons, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? Like you said, same as Jeff Skinner. You You know know what you're getting, getting, which is great. But he hasn't eclipsed that point per game mark, which I'm still I st- I'm still well, wanting he's him not to going do. To this year, no. Well, <laughs> I, well, I mean, honestly, he's ten for ten this season. So if he doesn't play the regular season, he's first time point per game player. True. So I mean, that's, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's what I wanted out of him. And now he's, you know, last year he had the centers, and this year he's, you know, he's got the centers now to play with. But unfortunately, he's gone. So um, he won't hit thirty goals this year. Although he did get one of those numbers, right? He has scored three. So there you go. Uh, all right. My number eleven is Artemi Panarin. Okay, he's he's a few spots I, higher on mine, I, but I, I know he's he's higher on a lot of lists. Uh, I have him down here. I I really like him. Uh, of course, he's in my top eleven wingers. Yeah, you're not uh, bad if you're doing that. My, I guess, I guess I have this. I have this small. I don't know. Maybe it's like a bias against him. Uh, he's he's never really won anything he's never really been a huge playoff guy he said some he's had some okay playoffs uh and something left a bad taste in my mouth with the way that he handled the whole columbus thing and the new york thing it just it just felt weird to me and so in terms of wanting a guy as a teammate when i look at every single player ahead of him i want all of them as a teammate over artemi panarin Okay. As talented That's as Panarin interesting. is, and I, I know Panarin drives his own line. I like he's one of the few wingers that can do it on his own. Uh, but I, when I look at the teams that he's been on, when he's the fo- when he is the focal point of the team, they're never anything. They're not really anything that special. Okay. So. Hey, I, I I don't disagree with that. I mean. He was never the folk the he's the still focal good. point I still in Chicago. Eleven. No, I mean, <laughs> we're not knocking that. But all right, moving on. Uh, number eleven for me, Taylor Hall. Um, I'm not even sure if he made your list, but for me, I, this guy's got something that I don't think any of these other wingers have besides Ovi and he actually and Kucherov. He actually isn't on my list, but he should be. He should be. Yeah, he should be. Uh, yeah. Outside I, of, I think I totally meant to have him on here, and I was trying to figure out where to put him in there, and yeah. then I didn't, and so. I'm going to preemptively put him in at number 11 because uh, that's going to push everybody down once one. Night. Sorry guys. Okay. Besser's back to number Sorry, 22. Gallagher, you're no longer a top 20. Winner. Ah, well, I, I, you know what? He, he's got the hardware. He's got the heart trophy, right? You know, he can, he can not only drive a line, but he drives a team. And that's what I love about him. And granted, he is 27 years old. Um, I mean, that's great. He drove one team that he was on to the playoffs. One yeah, thing. but he's consistently been a, a producer without a center. But the and, rest of the team is always in last. He's always in last. It how many sucks. Times is that, it sucks. How I many know. times has that dude finished last in his career? That's got to hurt at some point. And that's why I, I, well, I'll tell you my opinion on him staying or going in the next well, he's show. He's out of here. He's out of here. That's my yeah. opinion. But the dude can score. The dude can play it on both sides of the ice. And he... He's just a great leader, and so for me, he comes in at number eleven. Okay, um, me too. All right, <laughs> number ten, Mark Stone. Okay, little little higher on my list. I knew he'd be higher on your list. You you know I, love I was Stone. thinking that Mark Stone might be number one on your Stop, list. Stop, get out of here. Like your consummate, he's your Mark Messier winger for you. He's Mark Messier to the winger. top, 
who needs the guys up there? Um, he he's number ten. Uh, offensively, he's not as talented as the players ahead of him, and that's why I have him where I have him. I, I, I love his ability to like you can put him literally on any you can put him with anybody you can he can kill penalties he can play on the power play he's so responsible in every and every zone on the ice uh, he really is he's a guy I'd love to have on my team but in terms of talent level I think the nine guys ahead of him are almost it's almost like to to me when I look at this list ten through the rest of the guys and lower are in their own little tier. Maybe like 10 through 15, 16, 17 are kind of in their tier. And then you've got the, the lesser guys nine, one through nine are all in this totally different league to me than, than these guys. So, okay, that that's fair. Um, you're going to hate my number 10 because you're going to say, why the crap don't you have him higher? But maybe I just have a small hatred for him. That's why he just couldn't get a little bit higher, but it's Brad Marchand. Oh, okay. Yeah, that actually is crazy to not have him in the <laughs> Yeah. It's okay, to, it's okay to hate him. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, of course it but is okay you're disrespecting him. I'm not just, he made top 10, so that's freaking good. Okay. Um, yeah, last few seasons, 185, 85 points. I mean, you can't dismiss the production, but to me, he was never a guy prior to Pasternak getting there, was a guy that really, you know, was explosive, right? And I think now that that trio has come together, Everybody's benefiting from it, and I think Brad Marchand is a clear example of a guy who's benefiting from you know having other players around him. And he also um, totally changed his game. He did, and that's time. maybe part of it. But it was after um, those, it was after the the World Cup, and I mean he had thirty seven goals before. Pasternak oh, there's ever got I'm not there. knocking him prior to. He was still a pretty decent player, but um, he just I mean he still plays goal decent. Yeah, he still I mean he still plays a physical game. He still plays a little gritty, a little dirty, but he had a hundred points. Yeah, a hundred points. And you have him as the tenth best. And he's winger. tenth best. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. You know, it's it's funny. I actually I saw one list that had Patrice Bergeron as the third best center in the league. And I did have to laugh at that. That's ooh. That's third dumb. best. That's dumb. If there's anyone on that line that has benefited from the players around them, it's Bergeron. I, he would be the most, absolutely. Now, was it that that article from the Boston Globe? Was that where you got this? No. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> what did the Boston? I didn't see it. No, no, I was just thinking because he's from Boston. Boston oh, Globe, okay. you know. No, uh-huh. it, was, it, was, it was some Instagram account. Okay. Just doing their top centers. Uh, okay, so Brad Marchand's your number 10. Yep. That's uh, hilariously low for him, but... Okay. Uh, number nine. Miko Rantanen is my number nine. He's my number nine as well. Okay. Yeah. I uh, Well, I do think he is in kind of the next echelon of wingers. I, I do think that his defensive game is lacking. And I also am wondering, like, when he's by himself, he's still pretty good. Uh, but let's look at him through a, an entire season can he stay healthy? What is he able to do on his own? Like, can this team have success with him driving a line? That's what I want to see. Well, I will say he did spend a lot of time last season on the second line for the Avalanche, and he still managed to produce. While he does produce, he's like Drysaddle. He he's decent and pretty dang good without him. But when he's at that top spot with you know McKinnon, obviously he's just that much better. Right. right. I mean, he's had an eighty-four and an eighty-seven point seasons. Uh, so. 
and he had 87 points in only 74 games. So he can be a hundred point player if he stays healthy a whole and season. He's, and he's got 12 and nine so far. It's just a matter of him being able to, I, I won't say stay healthy. Cause I mean, what? Okay. He missed, he missed eight games last year. He missed a game the year before seven, the year before. So it's not like he's, he's just like blowing out his shoulder every year or anything like that. Tarasenko. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, but I, I do want to see something else from him that would make, would bump him over, all these other guys on here. So I get that. Okay. Yeah. So for me at my number eight, um, a guy who maybe drives his own line, whereas Rantanen doesn't. And that's why I kind of bumped him a little bit higher, uh, was Panarin again. You, okay. You yep. know, yep. Yep. He, he can, he can drive a line. He can, you know, he doesn't need a good centerman to be productive. And we've seen that in Columbus. We've seen that in Chicago. Um, didn't help that he, or didn't hurt that he had Patty Kane too, but I mean, he still managed to go to Columbus with mediocre, you know, above average centers and still produce 80 some points. So, um, you know, can he, can he do it again in New York? He's, I mean, he's 10 points, 10 games right now. He's looking pretty good. And again, he doesn't have the, out. the best centers with him. Yeah. He's got Dylan Strom right now. With Dylan Strom. <laughs> so, I mean, and he's still producing. So, to me, no, he's that's just Ryan Strom. Is it okay? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dylan like, no, Strom's Dylan in Strom's uh, in, Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. He's making Ryan Strom look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a guy who was basically cast out, cast out. So, um, yeah. So for me, I think that's why. To me, he just gets a slight bump over Rantanen and you know Brad Marchand. But okay, my number eight is Toronto boy Mitch Marner. Okay, he's a little higher on my list. I I have him. I know he had 94 points last year. I I do have him here because. Like much of our discussions about some other guys, he did. He got John Tavares, and he went from a sixty-one point season to ninety-four. Uh, now that also is like hey, you're maturing, you're kind of growing into your body, all that. Uh, but now John Tavares is out, and he doesn't look quite as good. But who looks quite as good without <laughs> without a top five center right. playing with you know so. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's hard to say, but I think Marner belongs in this group of of wingers. But he's he hasn't done enough to me, or done it over time, to where he's going to jump these guys right now. Like I have, I mean, you had Johnny Goudreau a little bit lower, but I have Johnny Goudreau at number seven, and I just think Johnny Goudreau has been able to do this consistently. He's driven a line like he played with Sean Monahan, and he made Sean Monahan look like he was like a top 15 center in the league. And he is not, <laughs> he's just not, <laughs> but Johnny Goudreau is, I, I think we talked about Huberto being underrated. And in terms of guys who like, they probably would just naturally miss people's lists. If you weren't really considering everyone, uh, Johnny Goudreau probably is the most underrated player on this whole list. Okay. I don't hate and, that, and but I think he's my small. It's because he's small. Well, that that doesn't help much either. But I think my number seven is probably the most underrated player on this list, and that's Mr. Stone. Mark Stone. Yes, I think his offensive production is a little bit underrated. I don't think that he's he's that underrated though. Well, look prior prior to coming to Vegas, right? He's he's with an Ottawa team that has no good centers for him to play with. He's still producing 60 points, right? Last year, he's getting comfortable. I'm going to, you know, 11 and 18, not bad. But now he's he's at 16 points through 13 games, playing with different centers, right? He's played time with Paul Stasny, and he's played time with Cody Glass. No consistent center, but yet he's still producing. And even if he had consistency with one of those two guys, those guys are third-line centers at best right now. And so 
you know, I, I I can't imagine if you put him, you know, when you talk about a Marner or a Ratnan, when you put him with like a top centerman, what he could do. And not to mention his defensive side of the game is the best of all these wingers. That so. is that is true. Uh, I'll just say that from from what we have, and we only have what we have, his best season's a 73-point season. And, you know, he... And then that's not, it's not bad. I mean, he, he basically gets 60 points every year and, and he did it in, he has 62 and 59, 58 and 62. So, so, or 62 and 58. So he's had some injury issues the last, actually, oh, he's never played a full season, um, probably because of the way that he plays as well. But, uh, I just, I can't put him that high. Well, I really, really like him. Uh, I'm not going to put him above some of these other guys, but. All right, that's fair. Don't hate for it, but I can't agree. So moving on, number six. I'll let you go first. I have uh, the highest scoring left winger of all time. Wow. Okay. Alexander Ovechkin is my number six. Uh, If we're going purely based off of (coughs) who do I think is going to lead the league in goals, he's going to be at the top. (coughs) My gosh, are you okay? I'm dying. I'm taking over but, toast. But with everything else considered, he still is not exactly a guy who you're going to rely upon to to make a big difference in the defensive zone. Uh, their team's rolling right now. Washington looks real good. They look like maybe they're over their Stanley Cup hangover. But they've always been a great regular season team. And uh, That is true. I Yeah, I mean, number six for Alexander Ovechkin. I think that that's, that's about where he belongs because of what he can do is maybe less versatile than the rest of the guys that I have above on this list. Okay. Yeah, number uh, number six for me is Mitch Marner. A little higher than what you had him, but I'm sure you can agree with me. I think... I don't hate it. Yeah, he's got he's got great two-way game, and he, to me, when you look at the guy right below Mark Stone, I think Marner has much more potential when it comes to the offensive side of the game. Um, and I mean, we've seen that when he plays with other elite guys, he shows it and he can, he can produce. And I think even right now too, he's what, I think 16 and 13 right now, 16 points, something like that. Um, yeah, 16 points through 14 games. So not bad production without having your sentiment with you for, you know, half the season already for a few games. So, um, I think again, he's, he's going to be a 90 Point player this season i have no doubt he'll continue to produce and i think as he matures and you know really grows into himself he's just going to continue to develop that game on both sides of the ice he also is only shooting at 7.1 percent and that's and his, going up <laughs> and his career average before that is well over 11 percent yeah so he's he's shooting shooting down a little bit which uh actually as a whole the leafs i think are like one of the lowest for pdo across the league so just kind of something weird happening there right now. But, uh, yeah, don't hate Marner being higher. Um, I just think that the guys ahead of him have really proven themselves and over a longer course of time. No, I agree. That's why the guys ahead of him I have ahead of him. Perfect. So. My number five. Into the top five. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is my number five. My number five as well. Okay. Um, yep. Connor McDavid's best friend. Best friend, but a 50-goal score. So and a 50-goal You score, have to yes. put him in the top five, I think. There are very few of those. Of course, Ovechkin being one of them, uh, but yeah, Leon Dreisaitl gets my okay, gets my number five. And there's really no like the guys ahead of him. I would say are ahead of him because 
not not because they do it on their own, but I like Leon Dreisaitl is not the best player on that team. I think all the players ahead of him, except for one, are the best players on their team. For <laughs> except for one. Because I have two on the same team. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's a tie. My top four are all the best players on their team. Okay, so that's fair. Well, my it. number four is Brad Marchand. Brad freaking Marchand. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, he literally does it all. And he has 100 He licks points. faces. He and bites he fingers. Yeah, I get points. it. Great. Good. Good for him. He's he's unreal. Like, And he does it. He... It's like when when you need a goal, he's going to make something happen. He has it's got a little bit more to shut him down. A little bit more slick. I think what was it? That game against San Jose the other night, he literally just dodged a check and made Brett Burns and some I can't remember who it yeah, was just yeah. just cream each other. It was funny to watch. He definitely is the best player on this list at getting under your skin. That, no doubt about I'll that. I'll give you that. Who's your number 4? Alexander Ovechkin. Okay, so you've got him a little bit higher. Yeah, because he he's consistently producing, consistently scoring goals, and he drives a team. Right, that he is Washington. He's he is the team. That's that's a great point. That's Um, a great point. And you know what you're getting out of him every season. He's gonna he's gonna get you that Rocket Richard every year. I think I think people like it was when Adam Oates was the coach of Washington. It was when people were like, I don't know, is Ovechkin done scoring? (laughs) I don't think we're having that conversation anymore. Like no, people are like, I did a couple years okay, ago. Never mind. Like I was an idiot to think that. I mean, it, it crossed my mind. Like, what's going on with him? It was so clear that it was the coaching it had nothing to do with it. Absolutely, and he can still rip the puck. And I think, to me, he's gonna he's gonna make a run at the Rocket Richard again this year. And I think my guy at number three is maybe one of the few people that is who is probably gonna keep pace with him this year and could give him a good run. And that's uh, David Pasternak, who leads the league with twelve goals. Second, second. Uh, with Ovechkin is Matthews just trailing them to Edmonton guys, not McDavid, James Neal, James freaking Neal, Leon Dreisaitl. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I have Patrick Kane actually at number three. Okay, okay. You Pat- Patrick Patty Kane's number two for me. Oh, okay, number two. Yeah, all right. See, I have David Pasternak at number two. Yeah, I know that's a little bit bold. It's not bold. It's a lot higher than a lot of people have him. On he's there. got he's on his point per game pace right now is two, two points per game. No one else in the league has that right now. He's on pace for 160 points. Freaking good. I mean, he definitely is a guy who can get real hot sometimes. He's done it in the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's his shooting percentage is 30 percent right now. Like that's not gonna <laughs> right. that's not gonna fly. It, it <laughs> can't happen. Uh, Shooting percentage thirty percent. What's Ovi sitting at? I'm kind of curious. I gotta ask. Well, Ovechkin always has uh, his. His is fifteen point seven percent. Okay, so that might be more on par with actually probably low for him in terms of his uh, all time shooting percentage. Oh no, no, his all time shooting percentage is twelve point six. Okay. So, and that is because see the season where he only scored. 33 <laughs> only uh he had 10 and a half percent that's uh, funny that's that's kind of where that came from but yeah 15.7 if he can keep up that 15.7 he'd definitely get 50 again so no for sure okay and so back to the list though with number two and three right you've got patty kane at three and obviously Pasternak at two um and obviously kucherov is at one yeah obviously i think both of us yeah even though Kucherov not having a great start to the year. Not a great start, no. Definitely not like last year. Remember last year it was like, could he get 50 at 50? No. <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but I guess maybe the reason I, I have Kane just a little bit above Pasternak is he's got he's got the hardware, he's got the history of the rings. He you know what you know Patty's produced year in and year out, and so Kane continues to produce every single year. And so I think if Pasternak keeps it up for you know another year or something, then we're going to say okay, well that's and that's fair. Yes, Patrick yeah. Kane definitely is, and he I mean Patrick Kane had ninety four points last year. Right, <laughs> no slouch, so, no slouch at all. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will. I will take any of the players on this list. Absolutely, sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. Is there any? See Nikita Kucherov. He's probably been tops on this list like two years in a row now. Uh, what's it going to take to get him knocked off that number one? Is like hmm. David Pasternak lead the league in points, and then and then we're putting him number one wing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because right. I think when you look at like the guys he plays with. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Brad Marchand. I like Bergeron. Those are great guys. But when you compare them to like Stamkos and Braden Point, maybe those guys are maybe slightly better. Sure, he definitely so, is playing with some very high end talent. We'll, you know, but nothing you can do about that. It's not his fault, right? No, and he he fault. makes He's the most of it. Team. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there are our top twenty wingers, and uh, I think that all we have left is defensemen. Top 20 defensemen coming at you next. Uh, And uh, you can also look for our next show that will be the top 10 Florida Panthers of all time. I know the Florida Panthers fan base is not the largest, but they do love their team. And hey, we got to We got to We got to do every team in the league. And so we're we're doing the Tampa uh, Florida Panthers next. So uh, throw us your list if you if you have a little top three. Florida Panthers. We'd love to hear it at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys soon.